TII item 439, September 3rd, 2017. iOS 11, betas 7, 8, and 9. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Link AKC, which is an amazing new dog collar that has a GPS locator, fitness tracker, and more. Go to linkakc.com and use promo code TII for additional savings with free shipping. This episode is sponsored by Bowl and Branch. Go right now to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to get $50 off the nicest sheets and cotton products you've ever owned. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First of all, I want to thank Porter from Porter's Podcast, oh, and my son, for sending in the music you hear in the background. Porter said, Hey, Dad. This song was recorded in an iPad Pro using GarageBand. The song is called Play It, and I transferred it to your computer using AirDrop. Regards, Porter. Thanks to Porter for the song. And folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Tracy for sending in the artwork for today's show. Tracy wrote the following. Hi, Rob. I was looking through some old pictures and came across this. I thought it'd be a fun one. I have been the first customer to enter two different Apple stores on the grand openings back when I lived in Ohio. This is one picture that has the Apple Store in the background. It was the morning after we had spent the whole night and we were waiting for it to open in the rain. It is the Crocker Park Store in Northeast Ohio. I am the one with the black and green t-shirt on and a hat. I also included a newspaper article that was written about the event with some fun quotes regards Tracy from Nashville. I then took that photo when, with the overwrap, I added the TI branding and the store location. I picked this picture because it's the closest to where I will be this coming week when I am at Content Marketing World in Cleveland, Ohio. I'll be speaking on Thursday at 12 p.m. If you're going to be attending, uh, please come to my session. And thanks, Tracy, for sending in this picture. And folks, you can see this artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 439 or at Instagram.com slash today and also as Facebook dot com slash today in ios tracy's picture continues to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of tii and the iphone please when taking a photo of yourself in front of your local apple store if possible take a square picture so i have to make them square for itunes and put the apple store location on the photo along with tii or today in ios branding thanks to the many of you that have already sent in photos as always send those pictures to today in ios at gmail.com and if you have some music you've created on your iOS device, like Porter did, that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said music. Previously on the show, these were my predictions for the fall timeline for an Apple event and the iOS iPhone rollouts and all the other items. Quote, Tuesday, September 12th, special iPhone fall event. Thursday, September 14th, iPhone 8 7S and 7S Plus go on sale for pre-order. Wednesday, September 20th, iOS 11 goes live as Goldmaster to the public. Friday, September 22nd, new iPhones start shipping to customers. Saturday, September 30th, end of the current fiscal quarter, unquote. Apple at the end of August confirmed the first item, September 12th, for the special fall event. Check. I still think late night, Thursday, September 14th, into early morning on the 15th, depending on where you live, will be the pre-order period. And I think the other dates are looking good again as well. For the invite that was sent out, it was an Apple logo with splashes of red, white, and blue in it. I found this color scheme and updated the TII artwork to use it. So if you go now into today and look for today in iOS and iTunes, you'll see the new artwork and you can see how I kind of pulled that into the artwork. Below the Apple logo was this text, quote, let's meet at our place. Please join us for the first ever event at the Steve Jobs Theater in Cupertino, unquote. For past events, kickoff time is 10 a.m. Pacific time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern time. Apple will live stream the event, which will be at www.apple.com slash apple dash events slash September dash 2017. Link in the show notes. I will be watching and tracking live what happens and then get an episode out that night after I watch it for a second time. So you will have it for your drive to work on the 13th. Per what is expected, there is a long list of possible items. 
iPhone 8 or iPhone X or iPhone something else, which will be the next-gen iPhone. No one seems to really yet agree on that name. iPhone 7S and iPhone 7S Plus are also expected. And, oh, I'm just going to call it iPhone 8 throughout the episode because i got to pick something. Um, Apple Watch next-gen with LTE features, so that would be the Series 3 Apple Watch. Possibly new AirPods, maybe an update on HomePod. By the way, I don't believe that possibly new AirPods. They, they haven't even finished shipping the backlog of the ones they have. They're still not caught up. These are a quick list of items that many expect at the September 12th event. This is the first time Apple really gets to show off their new spaceship campus and the special Steve Jobs Theater, or as people like to call it, the new ground zero for the reality distortion field. The theater complex has a nice demo room next to the auditorium. This means Apple can really show off anything they will announce and have complete control and secrecy to get set up prior to the event. The theater is said to have 1,000 seats. Figure half will be filled with Apple employees working on the various teams, leaving about room for, I don't know, another 500 members of the press. Want to guess who did not get a pass? Hmm. Okay, more on that later. Per the next iPhone and when it'll be available, many on the rumor front are still saying the next-gen OLED iPhone will be called the iPhone 8, and 8 rhymes with late, and it will only be available in very, very small quantities in September, if at all, with the high production runs coming later in October, best case, or more likely November, i.e. many will be lucky to have one before Thanksgiving in the U.S. Forget Thanksgiving in Canada. By the way, Thanksgiving in the U.S. is the end of November for those of you outside the U.S. More about what might be announced uh, probably in the next episode, episode 440, which will be later this week. Then episode 441 will be the one that comes out on September 12th, the evening of the event. I have a little joke for you. Why was iOS 11 beta 6 afraid of beta 7? Because 789. Okay, bad joke, I know. But since the last episode, Apple has released iOS 11, beta 7, beta 8, and beta 9 for devs, and their corresponding partners for public beta testers, which would be 6.7.8. So what changed? Well, for one, not stopping at beta 8 and going to beta 9. This is the first beta 9 ever. Of course, all three bring bug fixes and optimizations, especially beta 9. Per beta 7, it was reported installing it had freed up a bunch of storage for users with reports of 1 gig or more storage space being optimized and opened up. So there is your optimization part. Of course, your optimization results will vary depending on device type. My own test showed for my son's iPhone 6 Plus, it went from 96.62 gigabytes in iOS 11 beta 6 to 98.9 gigabytes available when upgrading to iOS 11 beta 9. So his phone increased over 2 gig of additional storage. Again, your mileage may vary. Part what was actually new in beta 7? Well, the music app icon uh, appears on the Control Center music widget. For EU users, there is a place when rising the volume, you will now see a yellow range indicating that you are getting too loud with the volume. Don't do that. Government's in control. Stop it. Don't hurt yourself. The now playing widget is back in the cover sheet. Bluetooth stays enabled within airplane mode, When I should say in airplane mode. And the clock on the lock screen was made smaller. Major changes here. Moving to iOS 11 Dev Beta 8, improvements include 3D touch function delay has been improved or reduced depending on your perspective. Unlock animation and volume adjustment animation are a bit snappier. Search works better inside the App Store. And they tweak the ads in the new App Store. If that sounds like a big yawn, it was, and you would think at that point, beta 8 was great. But nope, Apple was not done, and they turned it up to 9 and released beta 9 just a few days after beta 8, meaning something was not quite right with beta 8 in a major way. And well, nothing new I could find in beta 9, and nor it seems anyone else could. It looks like it is just a fix to whatever the issue is that popped up in beta 8. It is very likely beta 9 is the last beta. And we will now go into Goldmaster on or around September 20th. Of course, 
I did not expect beta 9, so who knows? Maybe there is another key bug that popped up and beta 10 will be released this coming week. Apple was not quite as prolific with their betas for the watchOS 4. They only released watchOS 4, beta 7, and beta 8 since the last episode. And if you were guessing bug fixes and optimization were going to be mentioned, you guessed correctly. Could not find any reports of any new features or changes with either beta 7 or beta 8 for watchOS 4. TVOS 11 also had a few updates since the last episode. TVOS 11 betas 7, 8, and 9 were released. While they were just like iOS 11 betas in number, they were more like the watchOS betas in what changed, which, as near as I can tell, is nothing, just bug fixes and optimizations. Safe to say tvOS 11 has um, been better optimized than any past tvOS update, especially since this was more like a single dot update, as I've mentioned before, to start with, and not a whole number series update. These were the nine most boring updates to cover ever. I'll be glad when tvOS 11 goes cold master. For all our listeners in China, Apple announced on August 29th that Apple now accepts WeChat Pay in China. If you want to buy anything from the App Store or Apple Music Store, you can now do so via WeChat Pay. Apple said the following, quote, We are glad to offer users in mainland China the option of WeChat Pay for their favorite mobile app or Apple Music products. We continue to be dedicated to provide multiple simple and convenient payment methods for customers within the Apple ecosystem, unquote. Those not in China, FYI, WeChat Pay represents about 40% of the mobile payments in China versus Apple Pay's market share in China, which is, oh, about 1%. For those also wondering, Alipay is the most popular and mobile payment service in China with 53.7% market share, and Apple has accepted that as a payment option since late 2016. Apple now accepts mobile payments from about 95% of the mobile market in China, which, if you are an app dev in China, is good news for your ears because it means more people likely to spend money on your app when it's easier for them to do so. Speaking of Apple Pay, Juniper Research released a report saying that in the U.S., customer dissatisfaction with the slower speeds of chip card transactions will help to further increase adoption of smartphone-based payments, of which, in the U.S., Apple Pay currently dominates. I can see this. Whenever I go to pay via Apple Pay, I absolutely do so because it is faster and easier than using a credit card. If I know the store I'm at accepts Apple Pay, I don't even reach for my wallet. Just double tap on the watch, put it up, and pay. One thing about Apple Pay I recently liked was I had a credit card number stolen this summer. Someone tried and failed to buy a bunch of stuff from a musician's friend. And it was the credit card I had associated with Apple Pay. When I switched to a new card where I had uh, a new number I needed to update pretty much everywhere, except Apple Pay. It updated automatically to the new credit card the bank sent. So yes, it was via the same bank for the credit card, but I was not looking forward to updating. I thought it was going to have to update that and go through the whole process. And while there was nothing I even needed to do, kudos to Apple Pay and the credit card company for making that so easy. Another market Apple appears to be dominating in is in the truly wireless headphone market. AirPods, given all their delays this year, still managed to capture 85% of the dollar sales since their release in December. From the NPD report, quote, Since launching in December, Apple's AirPods have accounted for 85% of the total wireless headphone dollar sales in the U.S., according to NPD's retail tracking service, which, with a use case centering on frictionless access to Siri and other tasks initiated by voice, AirPods really act as an extension of the iPhone. Apple's path to leadership in the category is helped by disruptive pricing, brand resonance, and excitement over the W1 chip, which significantly eases Bluetooth connections to iOS and Mac devices, unquote. I'll say this, I do love my Apple AirPods. I use them all the time. And now that I am on iOS 11 beta, and I have them set up where my left ear is play pause and my right ear is Siri, they are so much, much more useful. So if you're in iOS 11 and you haven't done that yet, 
go into Bluetooth after you connect and go for info and set it up. So one ear is play pause and the other one is Siri. It makes using them so much better. And sure, let's throw out one more report of where Apple is dominating, and that is smartwatches. According to IDC, estimates nearly half of all smartwatches shipped last quarter were Apple watches. With Apple getting 49.6% market share for first place, second place was Samsung at 11%, third was Garmin at 9.3%. Fossil was the only traditional watchmaker to make the top five, coming in at fifth place with 4.8% market share. Of course, these are all estimates, as Apple has never broken out shipments. But nonetheless, IDC pegged that number at 3.4 million units of Apple Watches sold in Q2 of 2017. Funny how some say the Apple Watches flop. And others report it is dominating its industry. So really, if those that call the Apple Watch a flop, really what they need to be doing is calling the smartphone watch industry a flop. Which maybe per their original estimates on where that industry should be now, it is a flop. But that is more really about their original estimates being wrong. In any case, it is safe to say Apple is doing well percentage-wise in the smartwatch market. And with the new Series 3 Apple Watch set to launch, they could extend that lead quite a bit if rumors are true about what's going to be available with the Series 3 Apple Watch. Hi, Rob. Matt Overstreet here again. Love the show as always. I have a question regarding regarding AKC, your latest sponsor. Can one color be monitored by more than one device, or would you have to buy separate collars for each iOS device? This would be the perfect color for our family dog, who loves to bolt out the door, literally. If you turn your back for one split second... He is gone like a bolt of lightning. And sometimes, you know, I'm in a wheelchair and my family has to help me in and out of the house on occasion. And sometimes I don't shut the door fast enough if I do it alone. And he's gone like a gunshot. And we always want to find out where he's headed, even though he comes back after about 15 minutes. There are several empty lots around our house that he just likes to walk around in, and then he makes his way back. But still, I I think this would be a wonderful product. So if you could please let us know if the same collar can be monitored by more than one eye device, that would be great because me and possibly my brother would love this product. Please let us know. Thanks. Well, thanks for the question. And Link AKC confirmed you can monitor the same collar on multiple devices as long as you are logged in with the same account credentials. And that's something we actually did in my house. I have it on my phone. My wife has it on her phone. One, I travel. So when I'm gone, she needs to have it on her phone. And when we're here, I'm working from home, so I want to have it on my phone as well. So in any case, we both have it. One on my phone, one on hers. We both are able to turn the light on or off on the dog collar, both able to see where the dog is. You can have them both up at the same time. You can see the, the activity and all the other things. And I want to thank Link AKC for sponsoring this episode. Last time I mentioned their collar, I talked about the GPS locator and how important that is for us as Spock. Our little French is, has a thing for Macy, a golden retriever around the corner. I also mentioned it monitors the temperature where your dog is and warns you if it's too hot or too cold. And it also monitors the amount of activity your dog has had for that day. One feature I did not get to in the collar is it has a flashlight on it that you can easily turn on and off from your iOS app. We like to take Spock for walks in the evening, and this lets us turn on the flashlight so he can see what he's about to try to eat, like a big old toad the other night. But more importantly, when he darted out the door last week at night, when tracking him down, I was able to turn on the flashlight and make it even easier to see exactly where he was. I mean, we knew from the GPS, the general location, which of course wound up being Macy's house. But this let us see which bush he was behind as we saw the little light moving. And Spock is a brindle dog. And at night, eh, the coloring, it's pretty hard to see him. This collar is backed by the American Kennel Club, and hence AKC. It is easy to see why, though. The GPS locator gives you peace of mind about your furry friend's location, and it also lets you know 
if it is getting a getting too hot or too cold for said friend. Link AKC also shows the exact amount of activity every dog needs, and you can track how much activity your dog is getting specifically, with total activity broken down to moderate and high intensity. You can set a goal for your dog, and it lets you know when you've hit that goal. It's like the activity monitor on your Apple Watch, but for your dog. And not only is it functionally a great collar, it is also a great looking collar because as we iPhone users know, it is so, so much about the look. Link AKC is super comfortable and looks great on Spock. Take advantage of Link AKC's summer sale for big savings on a collar to help keep your dog safe, happy, and healthy. Plus, as a special thank you for supporting our show, please use promo code TII at checkout at linkakc.com to save even more and get free shipping. That's promo code TII at linkakc.com. Thanks. Hi, Rob. I work at an Apple store and I'm visually impaired and I'm really enjoying your voiceover comments and suggestions and tips. I wanted to address the person that called in about the Apple Watch situation. The best thing to do is to use the Apple Support app. It's a free app. And what it does is once you download that app and you type in your password, it comes up with all of the devices that, all the Apple devices that you have under your um, Apple ID and password. And then uh, in this case, you would tap on Apple Watch and then it would, have all different issues that you could possibly be experiencing, and then um, you can read about them. You can text chat with Apple from there. You can set up a support call, which is a free call within two minutes. They'll call you right back, or you could set up a Genius Bar appointment. In this case, the best thing to do with an Apple Watch, since they are not repaired in the store, is they're going to advise you to that they'll send you a box, you'll put your watch in it, and they'll send you back a new watch. So um, most most cases a new watch, but it, or it'll be a repaired watch. But the Apple Support app is awesome. I've used it. It's an amazing way to get support. In many cases, you do not need to go to an Apple store for things that the support app can guide you through. I just wanted to let your listeners know about that. It's Apple Support, two words. Thanks a lot, and thanks for everything that you do for the visually impaired and blind community. Really appreciate it, and I'm enjoying it. Take care. Thank you for the feedback and the recommendation for using the Apple Space Support app. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Thanks for the mention on the podcast, and also thanks for mentioning what we've done with they've done with auto brightness, which in my view is at best a PITA. Regards, Alex Stone. And Alex, sadly, still in iOS 11 beta 9, the auto brightness control is still hidden away, and I mean hidden. Folks, to find it, here's where you have to go: settings, then general, then accessibility, then display accommodations then toggle auto brightness on or off. It is interesting, Apple says under auto brightness, quote, turning off auto brightness may affect battery life, unquote. What they don't say is yes, if done correctly, it will affect it as it will improve your battery life. Just saying. Hey, Rob, this is Michael Babcock at Pam, P-A-Y-O-W-N on Twitter, and I'm also a podcast host, host of the Your Own Pay podcast, inspiring, motivating, and educating entrepreneurs around the world. And I wanted to drop this voice message for you and your listeners. Now, me and my co-host for one of the segments of our show dropped an episode about 20, 20 weeks ago, 21 weeks ago, called Cool Tools for Mac OS and iOS. And I keep using this cool tool, and I don't hear it mentioned as often as it should be. And, and maybe I need to listen to more podcasts, but as a completely blind user, I had to directly connect with what my co-host DeBossi said in our episodes. At times, we might envy or be a little jealous or whatever word you want to use 
uh, a sighted individual for being able to quickly grab a scrap of piece of paper, jot something down, and then move on with their day, hopefully remembering what you wrote down on that piece of paper and what the importance of that was. Uh, in iOS, you have to open notes and then click on the or double tap on the add button while using VoiceOver. And I had that problem with almost every application that I use. But back in, when Demosky and I were talking about cool tools for macOS and iOS uh, for 2017, I realized that I needed the Drafts app. Now, if you don't know what Drafts is, Drafts is where your text starts. You open the Drafts app, which lives in the bottom right-hand corner of my iPhone, just like John Demosky's in my dock. I love that dock. You hit the Home button, double-tap on that Drafts button, and you're ready to start typing. No hitting add and no worrying about how to save that document or where to save what you just wrote. You can either type, use the native iOS dictation or the built-in drafts dictation. There is a slight limitation to it. Check out the drafts FAQ online. Uh, after about a minute or so, dictation pauses for a couple of seconds. Uh, and, and apparently this is an iOS issue. But dictation pauses for a couple of seconds replaces what you said with uh, three equal signs, and then continues with your dictation. So you do need to go back and look at what you're dictating like you always should when using dictation, because it's never 100% accurate. However, whew, long story, using the native dictation drafts button, which you can configure to be uh, directly above your Q key on the keyboard, gives you a lot more reliability. So if you're looking for something to get, Notes down quickly, you're a blind user, or you're a sighted user, and you just don't want to fiddle with things. Jump over, pick up drafts, $4.99. Um, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure a link can be put in the show notes. But pick up drafts, great application, well worth it. And then, if you're a Mac user, I do recommend you check out Byword to coincide with drafts uh, and get that data from your iPhone to your Mac. Or, of course, use any other action if you already have workflow for that. Anyways, that's my message. Hope you're doing amazing. Thanks for producing a great podcast. This is Michael, host of the Own Pay Podcast, at Payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N on Twitter. Have a great rest of your day. Michael, thank you for that great feedback. I always hoped Notes and Siri would be a great combination to do what you just said with drafts, but it's not. And folks, if you don't believe in, ask Siri to create you a note. And then try to add some things to the note and see how long you can start talking before she starts cutting you off. And it's a nightmare. <laughs> it, it's difficult to add notes with just your voice and Siri. So, Michael, thank you very much for the heads up on the Drafts app. And, yes, there will be a link in the show notes. Episode 439 over today in iOS.com. You can see apps we mentioned in this episode. Look for the one Drafts, D-R-A-F-T-S. We are now over 3,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that had a few comments in there that went up since the last episode was from Ryan Lovingood. And he said the following, quote, Hey, Plus Rob Walsh, did you get an invite to the September 12th iPhone 8 event? Unquote. Oh, Ryan, the world where that happens. <sighs> Evidently, there's pink elephants and they fly. I replied, quote, Obviously, it was lost in the mail. So here is the email that I sent to Apple PR team that sends out these. Is this too snarky? Highly sent, Stephanie. Once again, it seems my invitation for an iOS event was lost in the mail, or spam filters. After over 10 years covering the iPhone, you would think my spam filter would not block your emails. But alas, it seems to have blocked them again. I would just ask you to resend that invite for the September 12th event for today in iOS one more time. Thanks for your continued embracing of podcasts and podcasters at Apple events. Regards, Rob Walsh, host of the first podcast covering the iPhone, unquote. Ryan Levengood replied, quote, that's jacked up, bro. They should be paying you. Ha ha. I love the email though, unquote. Francisco Tapia suggested I should take the high road. Been there, done that, Francisco. Did not matter. Problem was, I have called Apple out when they did things I felt they messed up with. I also dared to talk about jailbreaking, which more than one Apple person told me was a no-no. I also refused to play the link bait game with, like some others. That said, after 10 plus years, it's pretty clear no invite is coming or was coming, so I can at least have fun with Apple's PR team. 
I doubt highly they have anything close to resembling a sense of humor, at least based on the replies I have received in the past, which in some ways makes those emails all the more fun. At this point, I would like to do a quick shout out to Microsoft that not only invites me out to their events, they cover the costs of getting me there and while there. Microsoft gets podcasting better than Apple does. So with regards to press coverage. So with Apple, I don't take it professionally as a snub. And please don't get me wrong. I love Apple. And the vast majority of Apple folks are great and very, very competent at what they do. The PR team, eh, they seem to just not have any love for podcasters. Maybe it's a podcaster thing. Maybe it is a personal thing. Maybe in another life, I drown Lisa's puppies or something. Who knows? But I'm sure there will be more emails to the Apple PR team from me in the future. Hey, maybe the iPhone, when the iPhone 8 comes out, it will have a sense of humor for users. We can hope. On the plus side, the cost to fly out to the event and the hotel rooms and the food and other items would easily have been the cost of the iPhone 8 or greater. So in a glass half full world, you could say Apple, by not inviting me, just gave me an iPhone 8 fully loaded for free. Gee, thanks, Lisa and Stephanie. I didn't realize you guys were doing me such a favor. Since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboy free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it's the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in, and thanks to all 3,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. And hey, going back to what we were just talking about, I guess I can say on the show later when I get the iPhone 8 that it was given to me by Apple. Thank you, Apple, for sponsoring this show and giving me an iPhone 8. I appreciate that. Random tip time. This one has to do with 3D Touch again, and this time it is in the Mail app. If you 3D touch on the mail icon, you have a few helpful options pop up. You can select all inboxes or VIP or search or new message. Those last two are the ones I use most often, especially the new message. It just makes it that much quicker to select new message and than it is to launch the mail app and then click the create email. It's the little things that I like, but it's, it's one of those little ones. And the search one is the other one I also use quite a bit. Uh, it's usually one of the key reasons I'm going into mails to search for something. And that makes it just faster to find it and find the person that sent me to so that I can reply to that. So again, 3D Touch on the mail gets a few nice options to help speed up your workflow. Speaking of tips, one I saw making the rounds past week was about upping the volume of your music on iOS device. Go to Settings, then Music, then EQ, and then select Late Night. This is supposed to boost your music volume level um, ex- you know, f- so that it's acceptable when you're in a crowd listening. And I have to admit, on my iPhone 7 Plus, when I had the volume turned all the way up and I was listening on my iPhone speakers, turning this on did make a noticeable difference. Again, that tip was go to Settings, then Music, then EQ, and then select Late Night. From what I read, it doesn't work for every song or every artist. Uh, depends on the type of music, but at least for me, on the music I tested, it definitely made a noticeable difference. Tim Cook was in Austin in late August to push slash promote their app development with Swift Curriculum. He said it will be adopted by more than 30 community college systems across the U.S., including the Austin Community College District, hence why he was in Austin. Tim had this to say, quote, We've seen firsthand how Apple's app ecosystem has transformed the global economy, creating entire new industries and supporting millions of jobs. We believe passionately that same opportunity should be extended to everyone and community colleges have a powerful reach into communities where education becomes the great equalizer, unquote. The course curriculum was created by engineers and educators at Apple and is a full-year app development program with Swift courses teaching students how to build Swift apps for iOS. This is geared towards students with no programming experience and teaches them how to build fully functional apps that they design. In addition to the Austin Community College District, Apple announced some others 
that will be adopting the SWIFT curriculum, and they include Northeast Mississippi Community College, Northwest Kansas Technical College, and additional campuses in the Alabama Community College system. Normally, at this point, I get into some rumors, but I'm going to skip over all the rumors for this episode and go over them in more detail on the next episode. I have over 50 articles on different rumors for iPhones, Apple Watch, and Apple TV per what could or should be announced on the 12th. I need to go through them more detail, make up my bingo card, actually make up a spreadsheet, and then I'll go over that on episode 440 with a goal of having that live hopefully Thursday night while I'm on the road. So mind uh, you, the audio quality might be off a little on the next episode. I apologize for that in advance, but I am going to try to get one out. I want to get it out Thursday night. Worst case will be Friday night, but well, Saturday morning, if it's not Thursday night, but I want to get that out Thursday night because I want to just try to parse through all the different rumors. There's so many that have popped up in the last few weeks and they're crazy. Some of them are, I mean, they'll come out from the same source in the same day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, saying almost exactly opposite things. It's nuts. Well, they have already started doing speed tests comparing the recently announced and released Galaxy Note 8 versus the iPhone 7 Plus that came out almost a year ago. The Note 8 has 6 gig of RAM versus the 7S, 7 Plus's 3 gigs of RAM. This is one of those real-world speed tests where they launch apps, do a task, go to the next app, do another, and so on, and do this for one lap when, uh, where the apps were already shut down, and then they, the second lap is where the apps already launch, but in the background. This was run by the folks at Everything Apple Pro. The results, well, the Note 8 did better than any previous Android device versus the 7 Plus, but in the end, it was still the 7 Plus by a pretty good-sized margin. Finishing the test in 3 minutes and 21 seconds to the Note 8's 5 minutes and 6 seconds. Again, closer, but not close enough. And that was versus the 11 plus month old 7 plus. Wait until the iPhone 8 gets a shot at the Note 8. Night night. Well, it kind of was night night anyway. Uh, they also did some Geekbench tests, the single core score. The iPhone 7 plus kicked butt, uh, getting a 3509 score higher is better, versus the Note 8 1880 score. But the Note 8 has eight cores, and in its multi-core score, was a little bit better at 6269 versus the quad-core score of the iPhone 7 Plus at 5943. Again, expect the iPhone 8 to trance them there as well. Now, overall, performance-wise, the Note 8 is close to the 7 Plus in performance versus the 7 Plus. (laughs) You know... (laughs) It is a very capable device, let's say that. The Note 8 is a very capable device, the most capable Android device that we've seen tested against the 7 Plus. Of course, in about three weeks, that's all moot. And then it's going to be compared to the iPhone 8 and not the 7 Plus. And then, well, it will be a year plus behind. It'll be fun to report on those tests come end of September, beginning of October. Hey, Rob, this is Levi from Reno Valley, California. I was just calling to comment on something you brought up on your last podcast about holding the refresh button to get the pop-up for load desktop version of a web page and how it has that bottom one to reload without content blockers. I've run into it a couple times where the web page would refuse to load until you turn off content blockers ad blockers or whatever like i'll click on a link and then it i'll just get a generic thing saying turn off blockers if you want to view the web page basically so instead of going into settings and turning off the blockers completely globally on the phone you would just select that press and hold on the refresh button then you can reload without blockers on that one page that one time instead of affecting the whole phone globally basically just my two cents thanks for all you do have a good one later levi is always great to get feedback from you into the email bag we go hi rob i shower with mine but do you wash dishes while wearing your apple watch series 2 if you don't have it the two i'd love to hear what the audience's opinion is on this regards chelsea 
Well, Chelsea, I don't have a Series 2. My wife has a Series 2, and she does do some washing of dishes and sometimes washing of the dog with her Apple Watch on. For the most part, however, she tries to take it off. She has a nice band for it, so she doesn't actually want to get the band wet, not so much the Apple Watch. So it's really more a question with the Series 2 about whether you want to get the band wet, because a Series 2 you can go swimming with. So you can wash dishes, you can take a shower, you can go swim and do laps. And that's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to the Series 3, is I'll be able to swim with it. So I'm looking forward to that. But if anyone else wants to talk about what they do with their Series 2 watch, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Do you know what feature they could add to the iPhone 8 that would get me to upgrade from my iPhone 7? A headphone jack. I've had nothing but trouble with using the lightning connector earbuds or old earbuds with the adapter, but I've never had an issue with earbuds that were on my iPhone 6 or 5 or 4. I am frustrated with Apple's choice to remove the headphone jack. Thanks for allowing me this rant. Regards, Ari from Madison, Wisconsin. Well, Ari, I am glad to give you that rant because I agree with you. I wish they would not have gotten rid of the headphone jack. I don't use my lightning AirPod, earphones anymore. I use just my AirPods. Uh, so I've completely gone. I can't remember the last time I plugged in my lightning headphones. By the way, please don't mistake my comments there with me thinking that they're going to bring them back. I don't see them bringing the headphone jack back. I wish they'd bring the headphone back jack back, but I don't see it happening at all. Hey, Rob. This is Justin from Pennsylvania again. I did want to give another little shout-out to a new awesome feature in iOS 11 that I think is a lifesaver for parents. I recently have a four-month-old child, and getting photos is something you do all the time, and having their eyes be open or, you know, all those things, it's hard to do because the baby does what a baby wants to do. But being able to change the key photo in the new iOS, I love that. It is awesome. I have saved probably about 15 photos already that it makes me look like I'm doing a better job <laughs> getting her eyes open and getting a good photo. But um, it's, it's working out really good. I showed it to my wife, and I would never imagine putting this on her device because she's not someone that likes bugs. So, But for now, it is really awesome. It's going to be one of the biggest things, I think, for parents or really anybody that has, you know, someone likes to close their eyes on a photo. This is a killer feature. I, I love it. It it's so easy to use. You don't need any, any. You don't need to be smart how to do it or anything. It just works. It's it's great. So I'll definitely a big shout out to that feature. The change the key photo on iOS 11 is awesome. Thank you very much, Rob. I love the show. Have a great day. Justin, thanks for the feedback. And I should clarify what Justin was talking about here a little bit. Uh, setting a key photo. This was, has to do with uh, live photos. So what you want to do is open your photo app up and select the live photo that you want to edit. So it ha this is with regards to live photos. Two, tap the edit button, and then uh, step three, pretty simple. On the scrubber that appears at the bottom of the screen, select the frame that you want to now be the new key photo. You'll see, uh, when you move it around, you'll see a little note that says make key photo. Uh, once you get it to where you want it to be, click or tap make key photo. And then tap done, and that's it. Well, you're done. You've changed the key photo for that live photo to be the one where the eyes were open or they were looking at you or they weren't sneezing or whatever it was where previously the key photo was, was not the best one in the group. So again, for live photos, open the Photos app, select the live photo that you want to edit, tap the edit button, then on the scrubber, pick the frame that you want, then tap make key photo, then tap done. That's it. Thanks again to Bowling Branch for sponsoring our show. You don't need to spend a fortune to get the rest you need. Great sleep starts with the right sheets, and they're more affordable than you think with Bowling Branch. The right sheets can take your sleep and your style to the next level. Let me give you the three most important words for getting a good night's sleep. Comfortable, comfortable, comfortable. If you want the best sleep of your life, you need to be comfortable, and that's what all the sleeping pills are trying to do for you. But you don't need that. You just need Bowling Branch sheets. Science tells us there are five stages of sleep, but before you can enter any of them, you need to be comfortable so you can fall asleep. You need Bowling Branch sheets, the most comfortable sheets you'll ever sleep on. 
Go to bowlandbranch.com and you'll get $50 off your first set of sheets plus free shipping when you use promo code TII. That's $50 off plus free shipping right now at bowlandbranch.com. Once more, that's B-O-L-L-N-Branch.com, promo code TII. And since Bowl & Branch sells exclusively online, you don't pay the expensive retail markup. That's half the price for twice the quality. But here's the best part. Don't take my word for it. Try them out yourself for 30 nights, risk-free. If you don't love them for any reason, they will take them back and refund you without any hassle at all. Bowl & Branch wants you and your family to feel good about your sheets inside and out. Rest easy knowing their sheets are ethically made, meaning everyone involved in the creation of their bedding has been treated with respect. These are sheets that feel good and you can feel good about owning. Please go to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to get your $50 off your first set of sheets. That's B-O-L-L and branch.com and use promo code TII. For those like me, and maybe only me, that were hoping Amazon Prime video app would be live on Apple TV prior to the release of the new Tick series, it was not to be. And the latest rumor is it will not even happen in time for the Apple event on September 12th either. It is widely expected that the fifth generation Apple TV will support 4K video and it will be announced at the event. And it would have been nice to see this live, that is Amazon Prime Video, and have it announced at the event that it's live and you can get your Apple new Apple TV, 4K video, Apple TV, and Amazon Prime. Anyway, it didn't happen. Recode points out, or most likely will not happen. And Recode points out that Apple is also in a fight with the movie studios on what to charge for 4K movies. So Apple has some other issues going on. Apple wants a lower price that is more customer-friendly, and the movie studios want a higher price that is more movie executive bonus-friendly. Just saying. Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Hello, Rob. Daniel Wisbeach, Cambridgeshire. Uh, I just want to respond to Neil, I believe from Albuquerque, or it could be California. Anyway, Neil has just uh, dropped a message on your podcast episode, I don't know, shall we go with 300 and something, possibly? Anyway, Neil made a point about um, he's so glad that he didn't take part in the public beta, and it got me thinking, right... I'm not going to. I've put. I've just bought. Well, I haven't just bought. About two weeks ago, I bought an iPad Pro 10.5. Uh, I've got the pencil, and I'm just enjoying it. Having not had an iPad, iPad for quite a while, I'm just enjoying the new features that you will see as the old features. But even if I wasn't enjoying uh, the old features and and wanted to get the new features, I would wait. Here is my point, Rob. Right, I blame Netflix, okay, for allowing content to us too quick. Where's the excitement building from? You ain't gonna ask Christmas to come forward, are you? And you're not gonna wanna have Christmas, Easter, whatever you lot celebrate over there. Fall, is it? Thanksgiving and and something else. I can't remember what it is. I really need to brush up on my history of you know my, my involvement of other countries and uh, whatever. I digress. I go too wobbly. Right, my point is this, right? Don't go for the public beaters, everybody. Hang around. Wait a little bit. Enjoy it. Get excited about it. Watch the videos. Listen to Rob's wonderful podcast. You know, running on about the exciting new things that they're planning. You know, this is the point. I relish it. I love it. I love the wait. I look forward to these Apple events, these keynotes, WWDC and the like. I get excited, you know. I almost wish that I couldn't... I could, you know, avoid watching the YouTube videos that everything Apple Pro and, and everybody else, right? But I can't, okay? I, I can't help myself. But the point is, I'm not experiencing it. I'm waiting. And that's my point. I think you should do the same too, all right? And as always, have a nice long wait because it'll be iOS 11 soon and get on with it, all right? <laughs> Lovely. Daniel, as always, thank you for your feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I am an iOS 11 beta user. I tried to download a, the new version 5 last week, and it just hangs. You see the download wheel spinning, then it stops. I tried deleting the profile and reinstalling it and doing the same thing. Any help would be appreciated. Regards, Roy S. Well, hi, Roy. 
Sometimes when this happens, you have to download the full IPSW file to your computer and then connect your iOS device to the computer and do that upgrade. That way, if you are on a, on a Mac, that means holding down the option key, saying that you want to do the update, and then you go and manually pick the IPSW file, which hopefully you left it on your desktop and it's easy to find. This has happened to me um, through this update cycle. It happened on my iPhone. I had to do this, and it happened on the new iPad Pro 10.5 inch. Actually, the last upgrade I did on it, I had to beta 9, I had to do it for it. Um, if you are a dev, you go to the dev center and go to iOS Restore Images. I click on that and then expand that, and then you pick the one you need for your individual device because they have the different IPSW files based on the device that you're upgrading. Then once you downloaded it, uh, again, you do the upgrade from iTunes, selecting the file from your desktop. You hold down the option key when you say update, and it'll let you pick it. Hopefully that helped you. Um, I don't know how on the public beta if you're actually able to go in and find the IPSW files. Uh, you can on the private, or should I say the dev beta side, you can. Hi, Rob. On my iPhone 6 Plus running iOS 10.3.3, if I go to Settings General About, it claims I have one video, yet there are no videos in the camera roll. On my iPad Air 2, also running iOS 10.3.3, it claims eight photos, yet there are none. Without resetting the device completely, is there a way of rectifying this issue? Many thanks, and keep up the good work. Regards, Alf in Sheffield, UK. Alf, I'm going to throw this one out to the audience, because I can't even go in right now and check, because I've upgraded all my, pretty much all my devices away from that. So if you anyone out there can help Alf, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com and let us know if you know of a way where you can find where it says you have a video, but you can't find it, and how you cleaned it out. Thanks. Hey, Rob. This is Kevin Holmes in Portland, Oregon. I've talked to you before. I'm a former Apple employee. I was just curious. I know with the new um, Mac OS X, the operating system's going to be optimized and a new file system, and everything's going to be faster. So you'll get a speed boost even if you have an older computer. I was wondering if uh, they're going to do something similar on the uh, iPhones and iPads and iOS devices. I was hoping they would. I have uh, three kids, so my two girls have iPads. Oh, so does my son, and I have one. And they're all getting sluggish. I was hoping that that would affect that in a positive way, and it was they weren't too old. None of them have Touch ID, so they're all a few years old. I have the latest and latest iPhone, so does my son. So we're, we're covered on that base. Feature request, nothing you can help you with, is a separate login on your uh, iPad. If you have one iPad, everyone has their own login, and then the kids won't see Christmas presents or whatever else I might be looking at on my iPad, and they can, you know, that sort of thing. Anyway, that's more of an Apple question, I guess, because they want to sell more of them like they got me already before. All right, that's it. Have a great day. Thanks. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for the feedback. For your first question there about Apple File System and getting that on iOS, actually, it's already there as of version 10.3. So 10.3 introduced Apple File System, so it was actually made available for iOS first and now to Mac OS second. So yes, if you've updated to iOS 10.3 or later, your machine has been upgraded to Apple's new files or the proprietary Apple File System AFS. For your second request, there are reasons why you would think that Apple won't do it, and that is to sell more iPads. It would be nice for them to do it, to make the iPad even more like a laptop, and maybe they will eventually, maybe for the education market, they really need to. But for now, uh, we're not seeing it, and hopefully in the future we will. But it might be iOS 12 or 13, or 12 if we're lucky, or 13 or 14 really before we get close to Apple re releasing for iPads as a minimum, multiple users. Here is a nice post I will include a link to titled The Best Document Scanner Apps for iPhone and iPad 2017. It is from Tech Jenny. I plan on testing out a bunch of these for my kids. I've already been testing some. But I will say this. In iOS 11 beta, the doc scanner in the uh, Notes app it has been a huge time saver for me. I use it all the time. I scan and sign docs digitally now. 
on my expense reports. Uh, the longest item used to be for me to, you know, that I would ever get around to was scanning the receipts, turning them to PDFs, and emailing them back to our accounting team. Now I lay the receipts on the table and I use the scanner doc and bam, and I have a, I have what I need for the expense reports. The last trip I had, my expense report turned in the day after I got back. I, in the past, I would have been struggling to get it in before the quarter ended, maybe a couple months later. That said, there are also other apps out there. And this article I mentioned goes over six dedicated third-party apps for document scanning. And just look for the link in the show notes, the best document scanner apps for iPhone and iPad 2017. From Bruce P. Rob, have you ever told Siri, stop, even when she's not doing anything? I had a good laugh. Regards. Stop. If I were doing something, I would stop it. But I'm not doing something that is. Stop. I don't think there's anything to stop. Not even in the name of love. Stop. I'm not doing anything, Robert. So I can't stop. Stop. I can't stop something I haven't started, Robert. Stop. Hmm. I can't find anything to stop, except believing. And I'm not going to do that. Thanks again to Bowl and Branch for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to get $50 off the nicest sheets and cotton products you have ever owned with free shipping to boot. Before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. The feedback can be a question or a comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app or product review, good or bad. As long as it is iOS related, it is welcomed. I was looking for a new artwork to feature that you could have created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding in on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback and comments are greatly desired. I will be at Content Marketing World this week in Cleveland. It is most likely the next episode will be out around September 7th. I'll be doing a lot of traveling the next two months. LA twice, uh, as I mentioned, Cleveland coming up this week. New Orleans, New York City, and Winnipeg. I'll do my best to stay on the 7-10 to day release schedule. It's going to be tough. Your feedback will help on that front, though. So please, emails, voicemails, send in your thoughts on iOS 11 and tips and tricks and questions you have, plus predictions about what's going to be announced at the September 12th event. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios.com gmail.com and please include a 60 second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please let me know when they expire. Today's show was again brought to you by Link AKC, which is an amazing new dog collar. It is a GPS locator, fitness tracker, and more designed to help keep your dog safe, happy, and healthy. Plus, it looks great. Go to linkakc.com and use promo code TII for additional savings with free shipping. Finally, check out the newly updated TI app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. And it, it was, of course, fully voiceover friendly. Per this last update, we just added the ability to comment on episodes from inside the app and then UI improvements and optimizations. Please go right now and download the TI app and or get the update. Until next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.